Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cafecito con Conciencia. This is David Solis, and I'm here with Susia Mesqua and Leo Rodriguez. Um, and we're happy that you all are joining us once again. And I hope that by this time you got your little cup of cafecito ready. You've picked your spot at home, at work, wherever it is you're at. And you're ready to dive into these conversations with us. So just to get us started, how are we feeling today, folks? Como están? Not going to lie, it's been a little stressful, overwhelming week. Pero, you know, I'm excited to be here with all of you. Uh, just to, again, just engage in some platicas. And I really do appreciate just being here in this space. So welcome, everyone. And thank you for listening to Cafecito con Conciencia. Yeah, thank you for, for following us in our episode joining. Uh, you know, we're doing this in our in our time, you know, having a rough week from work, but we managed to pull through and pull this out for you so you can listen in on just some individuals talking about different subjects. Yeah, folks, y'all, you know, it, it's been a long week, right? And and it's just great to be here with y'all. Um, y'all, for, for those of you who are listening, you don't know how much we laugh before we even get started. You know, I think we've, we've just spent the whole almost hour trying to get started and it's just puro relajo. So maybe one day we'll, we'll post a video with the bloopers and stuff. But anyways, we're going to dive in into our conversation today. Uh, and our guiding question is, how has power dynamics played a role in your personal or professional life? Right? And I think, you know, at some point, we've all experienced it, right? Where it's just two people clashing for whatever reason, right? And this is this is not only political. This is, you know, at the personal level. It could be at work. It could be with, I don't know, maybe your friends. Uh, with, you know, just about anywhere, right? So I think, I don't know. I think for me, at the, at the professional level, you know, it's, I've seen it happen. You know, I've seen it happen with, with a couple of folks who they have a certain title, right? Or or they have a certain position. And it's just like, right? And it's just, they let that dictate, you know, their persona and their character. Um, and, and, and también, you know, in academia, you know, it's like that BA or MA or PhD after your name, you know. Some people really take it too hard and it's just like, oh. Don't call me David, call me Doctor, right? So Doctor Solis, because I worked so hard for that PhD, you know? Or I don't know. Those that's that's just, you know, a couple of places that I've seen it. I don't know about, about ustedes. What do y'all think? Come on in. Well, I do definitely see that when and as, as far as education stands, is that you know, power to the people who made it to that that far, because sometimes it takes them for a lot of years. There's a lot of challenges that have to overcome to get that PhD. So, you know, power to them. But you do get the, I do see that some people do get caught up in that. I was like, oh, I'm here now. You know, I'm not going to meet you at your level anymore because I did my time. And I mean, connecting it to like a work experience, like power dynamics, it's in itself when you have a certain person that's above your level, let's say a tier two or something like that because they have more experience and all that. I understand that, you know, they've done their time. That's why they've moved up or they just fill the role because they have that knowledge. But then they also get caught up in the sense that they think that they're better than you and they don't want to help you at some point. They're like, oh, 
I they can they can do it by themselves. They can do their own research. I won't help them. So that doesn't even help out lift the other person that's let's say below them. Yeah, I definitely agree with both of you, David and Leo. I definitely seen just like power trips, you know, people having power trips. And I think also it has to do with like your positionality, right? I think uh, some people might see it or experience it uh, more than others. You know, other people might not even like, what are you talking about? Like everyone treats each other equally, you know, or like everyone collaborates the same way, you know? Uh, so I think definitely, you know, as a, as a brown mujer, like I think my first time I dealt with any power dynamics was like when I was organizing in Mecha you know, at CSUN. And, uh, and I was just, you know, kind of surprised because I was like, okay, I'm in a quote unquote woke space, right? Where everyone's like equality, justice, and no to racism and no to deportations, but oh, it's okay to be sexist, right? It's okay to be homophobic. It's okay to like, um, to have like certain roles for certain people, you know, uh, just based on positionality. So, um, and it's like, I think what both of you, you know, just highlighted just, it's just, it's just crazy, you know, power gets crazy how power can get to people's minds. And you kind of like, if you're not careful, like power really can hurt someone, you know, and can really hurt like the relationship that you build with people or like the relationship that you destroy, you know? So definitely, definitely something that I witness a lot. Well, what I see that occurs because of this problem that separates people and gives people th- that the the uh, let's say the power or some sort or the, let's say the title actually that's a better term to put it the title um, a, to put down the other person just because they've reached this certain level in their work or at school or something like that. Um, I mean, I can also connect it to even family members or something like that. That whenever this person gets a new car or this person just moves into a new house that they're like they're at this level now that's what they feel like and they won't they they're they were before they were at a certain level but now that they've what they consider it moved up they're like oh i'm never gonna be let's say shopping at that same place or i won't wear that type of brand anymore you know it's it's like i feel like it's kind of like those levels where people think oh i've reached a certain status and i won't buy that anymore i'm not associated with that anymore because i'm over here now that's a trip right there um, it's a trip to me, you know, because I don't know. I think, you know, y'all talk about two, two really good experiences. One is, is organizing on campus, right. With, with Mecha and, and it's not, it was noticeable, right. When, when I transferred there back in 2014, um, you know, I, I attended a couple of the meetings. I was never really fully involved, and I never took on a, a leadership role or anything like that. But what I like to do is I like to observe, right? I like to see what's going on. I like to see how people approach each other. I like to see, you know, just the flow of how things is, you know, or how things are in the environment and todo eso. Um, so one time I, I did ask one of the folks, right, uh, who, had, who had during that time a leadership position, um, you know, why doesn't Mecha collaborate with other organizations, right? And and particularly with, with Gausa, right, which is another student organization at Northridge, right? Uh, Central American Studies, right? Um, and I asked the same question, that same question to the folks from Gausa, right? Why 
is there no collaboration you know between both like i i get it there's it's two different entities right but similar goals similar objectives right and i think i don't know i i feel like i got the sense of like people were trying to overdo one another right and and it's just i i saw that a lot you know and not just at Northridge, but I saw it in the neighborhood too when I was when I was organizing, you know, a couple of years back, you know, where I would ask leaders of organizations, you know, and ask them like, why don't you work with X, Y, and C, right? And I would never get a response. And I would ask the same question to that folks, right? Why don't you work with, you know, so-and-so from this org? And, you know, some folks were straight honest and they were like, well, you know what? They don't like it when they're not the face of the movement. Right. Or, or they don't like it when, you know, they're not leading. Right. Or, or things like that. So people would actually, you know, I think that's one of the biggest flaws that we see in the community. Right. And, and not just in the community and at work in the workspace, too. And at home. Right. Because we see it in the movement where it's like everybody's trying to outdo each other. Right. And, and be the face, be the forefront, you know, have their political platform, you know, be the, the driven force, you know, and. We see it at work where people are just like, if I have this title, then you got to respect me, right? If I have this degree, then you got to respect me. And nine times out of 10, there's somebody who doesn't have that degree, who knows his stuff, who knows how to do the work, who can deliver, right? And it's just a simple fact that the title, the degree is not there. That's it, you know? But the experience that this person has acquired throughout the years, right, does not mean that they're not capable of being at somebody's level, so to speak, right? And at home, it's interesting, man, because it's like people see you, you know, moving up, you know, getting new positions, getting promotions, you know, and, and all these things. And it's like, oh, viste a fulanito de tal? You know, like, oh, escuchaste que el hijo, la hija de, de, de X, Y, and C? Like, you know, and it's just, it's like these things, you know, it's like, how come, you know, we always got to, like, try to outplay one another, you know? I, I think that's interesting to me to see, you know, in, in our neighborhoods and even more in our families, right? And, and Leo, like, it's a trip because you're talking about, you know, like, ya no voy a comprar en estos lugares in X, Y, and Z. And I'm over here like, man, I'm still going to go to, to Los Callejones in downtown so I can get my pantalones for 20 bucks, you know? I don't know. I think it's just a trip. So power dynamics. Yeah. I think sometimes too, you know, like I think ego has a lot to do with it, you know, and I think just in general, like a lot of times, like, for example, like when there's beef in the family, right? And the beef kind of just is passed along, you know, generation after generation. Who started it? No sé. What, what happened? you know like what happened who started it who was responsible um who hurt like and at the end it's just everybody is hurt and everybody has their own interpretation and that's never questioned right and because of that there's no like no one is extending the hand no one is like talking to someone else someone don't talk to so-and-so porque they did this you know so it's just like and i think that you see that a lot también like not just in family but that same mentality where Sometimes in systems and institutions, right, there'll be something that happened. And then, like, for example, you know, in orgs, there's something that happened, some history that happened, and that 
that space is still there. You know, no one really questions it. No one really kind of like wants to like seek answers, you know, and I think that's what does harm, you know, that's what does harm to like, if anyone's trying to collaborate or if any, you know, if you're in a family that has beef with another, you know, with another part of your family, like, you know, what you're going to go to your other family and be like, Hey, I'm sorry. You know, it's like, no, like no one's going to do that. You know, um, my sister does though. My sister, she's, Oh, she's a tough one. She will be the one that will go show up to the next family, you know, to my other part of my family and be like, yo, why is there beef? Like, why did you, why don't you like, you know, why is this happening? You know, but not everyone is like that. Right. So I think definitely like that pattern, you know, exists. Yeah. Cause then what that creates is just like, oh, let's just leave it at is and we won't talk anymore. Mm-hmm. And then it creates that divide, which is like that space where it's like, oh, why, why isn't it that you don't talk to them or you don't look at them, you don't look that way or something. And it's like, we just don't. Yeah. That's, and again, that's family. That's that same pattern exists, right? Even like at work, right? Like is, and at work is not, is more like, like going back to what y'all were saying, you know, like your title, you know, your title gives people certain power. And I've is that power makes people like not want to like, ask for help for whatever reason, right? Maybe they're embarrassed and because they have that power, they feel like they should know everything. But obviously this too, like, you know, I work in, in education. It's a field of teachers who a lot of them like that power. You know, they like being in front of the classroom and knowing all the answers and uh, saying, I know well, you're going to do this because I say so, because I have a credential. You know, unfortunately, that's the reality where majority of the teachers think that way. You're not going to find a lot of teachers that are like, you know what? What do you think? How do you feel? You know, asking students for feedback, you know. Um, and again, there's just like, you know, power, right? They they feel like because they have a credential, then, then they know everything. And then, of course, then we wonder why our education is so messed up if we're never incorporating parents, guardians, students into the mix. Touching base off of that is just like, they. I mean, it's good that they have that knowledge, but it's it's another thing being being a, being a leader and uniting the people around them and teaching them what they know too. Because if that's not shown and it's just like, oh, I'm gonna keep this for myself, but you're gonna listen to what I, to what I have to say and not be a leader and show them and guide them of what this route to take or some advice, then what what good does all that knowledge do to them in the first place? I think that that's a key point right now, Leo, that you brought up. With Odyssey, it's going to sound kind of cliche, but right. But with power, I know I'm not Spider-Man, but with power comes great responsibility, right? Um, and it, But it's, it's the reality, you know? It's like you have the power to become a leader, right? You have the power to influence people. You have the power to guide people. You have the power to shape people, right? You have the power to teach people more than anything, to share the knowledge that you've gained throughout your years, right? Your career, and just share it and pass it along to other folks, right? So they can become the better version of themselves. And and they themselves can go back to their community at work, at school, whatever space they're using, they could go back and just make, plant that garden, right? And, and water it and 
you know, in a year, two years times, you're going to see the results. You're going to see a beautiful garden with, you know, so many flowers, so many trees, you know, and all these other beautiful things that are happening. Right. And it's just, it's so beautiful to see that happen. You know, when, when you have leadership that are willing to shape and mold you, you know, and take the time to do it. Right. Not everybody does it. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's, it's just a trip for me, the way I see, you know, the power dynamics play out in all these different spaces, you know, at school, organizing, at work. Um, it's just interesting to see it, right? Because I think every space has at least one individual who has, who's power hungry, right? And they want to have, they want to have a title, they want to have a seat, they want to be influential, right? But then what happens next? What happens after you have that, right? And I think, in our last episode, when we were talking about politics <clears throat> and electing the right people into spaces, it's like, how do we hold you accountable now, right? How do we make sure that the next council member in, in our own district or LAUSD representative or or mayor or county supervisor, right, district attorney, how do we hold these people accountable, right? How do we make sure that once they're in that seat, it's not like, oh, well, you know what? I'm not going to do it, right? And I'm going to approve projects that are going to gentrify the community, right? And I'm going to uh, approve a higher budget for the LAPD, right? And I'm going to make sure that the kids in, in our schools don't have the materials, the supplies, the technology, the books, um, the resources that they need to thrive, right? How do we hold these people accountable? And I think it's more than just phone banking and emailing, right? I think it's making sure that the next person who takes that seed is somebody from the community, somebody who has ties to a grassroots organization, right? Somebody who's going to have people in his team or her team that actually have other members of the community, right? And, and that they can, you know, hold this person to, to his word or her word, right? So I think to me, it's just seeing all of that play out. And, you know, it ties out, ties back to, to work, to relationships at home, right? How do I hold my parents accountable so that way, you know, they don't use slurs or or my brother so he doesn't pick up on on the on the machismo, you know, that's been kind of just passed on, you know, for generations, right? How do we break all these cycles? So power, man. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's something that like I feel like, you know, people might feel like, oh, when we think of power, we think of like like you just mentioned, like, you know, elections, like the president, like big leadership positions, right? But I think everyone in whatever capacity holds some sort of power, right? And I think already knowing that is already step one. You mentioned step two, accountability. I think that is huge. And I feel like that's something that people, like, don't we don't do it enough, you know? And I think the people that do do it a lot, hold people accountable. I think they're getting tired, you know, and when you get tired of saying the same thing to the same person, you know, or like it just becomes emotional labor that you're no longer wanting to invest anymore, you know? And I think, um, I'm just thinking right now about like, you know, my group of friends, you know, um, that I feel like it comes in your circle, you know, you start with your inner circle. And I feel like I witnessed too many people, you know, allow their close friend or allow a family member say some crazy shit, you know, or get away with some crazy shit. 
and they'll hold everybody else accountable but that person you know so i think you know kind of like what you're saying like how do we what do we do i think again even if it's like a friend a colleague a family member having courageous conversations right letting them know like hey you messed up there and you gotta apologize or you gotta own what you were you know what you did or hey you're not stepping enough but you're talking in all the meetings you know so uh so again like accountability but i feel like it starts with your inner circle and if your inner circle your closest friends are allowing you to like get away with that stuff then they don't care about you you know i guess that's what i think like if you really love someone you're gonna make sure if they made a fool out of themselves i'm gonna make sure i go and check in with you and be like yo que paso you know like that's not that's not you and i don't want you know again my person that i love the most i don't want them to make a fool out of themselves and because i know who they really are and that's not the perception that everyone sees you know and i think you're again you're just talking about accountability and i think that's something that people are scared of wow <laughs> the that was yeah that's that's perfectly well said you know hold, holding from for both for both of you what they both of you said that accountability because once that person's in that position that they wanted so much now is the time to shine uh, present and unite unite the community for what they stood for now that they're in that position and show the true leadership that they wanted to achieve but then i also think that there's like a lot of factors that play into every person's life because i mean everyone's grows up differently you know different set of rules from from start at home from from childhood so they have a different value set that they're given and then it's interesting because then that's challenged whenever you go out through to like a daily life let's say you go out with friends some certain values are challenged in that space that you're currently in or even when you're at school um, some of those values that you that you that you have in mind that were, you were taught as a little kid are challenged in the classroom so I feel like you slowly start to find yourself you know going through elementary school middle school you see you start finding what is a certain value set that you want to keep and especially if you have people who have knowledge in those spaces and they lead you in the right path because they they want to give back to the community i think that's where we have this have a certain level of people who think around the same way and for the betterment from to give back to from where they came from and leo you that question like giving back you know and up until like when does that because i feel like sometimes oh, again i see this in teachers right giving back giving but they became teachers because they wanted to give back but obviously it's like they think they know everything and that's what they're giving back oh yeah that's 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 very true I don't know. What do you think? Like, what do you think about like? Because I feel like sometimes when we think of like, oh, giving back is means that we know we know everything, and that's what we're giving back. When do we kind of like pause? And it's not necessarily about like giving back, but more of like fulfilling a duty that you have because you have the opportunity to continue to keep those doors open for someone else. Does that make sense? Yeah, so like, it does. I think those are two different. And this can be for David too. I think again, I just a lot of people times I hear the the phrase like you said, giving back, you know, giving back, giving back. But sometimes giving back is not like it's not as productive. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. And we might not have an answer to it. I think I just again I just hear those words a lot in, you know, 
in with some of my colleagues who are now teachers or educators or in some sort of education field, they want to give back, but they're the same teachers who are, you know, still suspending our black and brown kids who are still, you know, uh, think that it's the parent guardian's fault for why students are failing that class. But their defense is that they're giving back. That's why they became teachers. No, and I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, you know, that's exactly why we have these talks, you know, to have that perspective. And that's that's really true. I I, I didn't have that perspective before. I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, because I've always been one to to use that phrase, you know, um, I've always told people you got to give back to your community, you know, you you gotta you gotta go back to your community, right? Um, but you you bring up a good question. You that's definitely a good question. Like, I think at some point, you the individual. Has to come. Has to come to a conclusion that maybe your time as a leader and and in that position that you currently hold, maybe your time is up, right? And maybe it's time for you to let the next person to lead, or let the next generation to take over, right? And I think a lot of people are fearful of just letting go of the power that they've had for years, the influence that they play in, in people's lives, in the communities, right? Because they've worked, like you said, Susie and, and Leo, you, you've worked all your life for it, you know? For, for organizers, they've organized for years. For, you know, folks who are in academia and they get that master's and they get that PhD, it's like, how much time did they not spend, you know? And, and not alone, not just the time, but it's like, the amount of times that you cried while you were trying to write that research paper, you know, at two in the morning, three in the morning, right. And reading those books. Right. So it's like, maybe, you know, for organizers in particular, you need to understand that when your movement is no longer a reflection of what the community needs and is addressing the, the needs of the community, and it doesn't have leadership that looks like the community, then it's your time to pass on that baton. It's your time to say, hey, let me look at the next leader and let me help him or her, right? And let me make sure that that person has all the tools, the resources, the knowledge that they need to make this organization grow and be better than what it was or it has been. And same thing with the family dynamics, right? Like, I, I I have conversations with my younger brother all the time, you know, more often now than than what we did before, and it's because we want to break cycles of of machismo, right? And we want to be better, right? So we're not looking at a, at each other as I'm gonna be better than you and I'm gonna be the better son, right? Then, or, or the better sibling, right? About, no, it's like, let's have these conversations about, you know, how do we support one another? How do I support your dreams and how do you support my dreams, right? And I think that's, it's difficult to get to that point, right? And 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 saying, my idea of giving back is no longer working. 
it's it's really difficult to get to that point, you know. And and I think a lot of folks, you know, maybe fear is, is what's holding them back from saying or have or getting that convers that personal conversation, you know, with with themselves and saying, Hey, ya estoy viejito or viejita. Yeah, se me, se me acabó mi tiempo, you know. Like but I don't know. That's a good question though. I really like that. And uh, you know, and, and I had a really good conversation with my brother the other day. He's he just turned eighteen, and um, you know, as someone who like, you know, organized around like in different communities, and now like just focusing in education, right, and like creating you know a place where students can learn and feel comfortable. Um, you know, I think I'm. You know, I would say that I can check off the box of like I'm doing my responsibility of being a social justice educator, right? Like, I'm like, okay, check the experience. I'm advocating, you know, check, 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 right? And then he tells me, you know, he tells me he was like, you know, like, it just is just so, what did he say? He was like, no, like, your generation, and he's talking about people at my age, you know, like, he's like, your generation is just, okay, you just go protest, and you just, then after that, you go to, what happens after that? Like you go to a protest and then you go to Denny's <laughs> or like, you know, he's like, so, and even like older people, he was like saying that like older people too, like they fought for, they fought for all these different movements and they marched and they got arrested and, but things are still worse now. So it's like now, now, and then y'all like blame the younger generation saying like, well, y'all don't care, but well, how are we supposed to change everything that y'all didn't do? And now, like, and now, like, now we have Trump as president, and y'all allow that to happen, you know? And I was just in the car driving, I was like, oh, what? Okay, you know, I'm like, I'm an organizer, I'm a social justice, like, person, like, I, I advocate for, you know, for young people, but he's a young person, 18 years old, who's fed up, you know, who's fed up, and again, like what you just said, it's hard for people, like for me, you know, I thought I'm doing everything I can, but obviously, no. You know, like it's not, like what you said, at some point, it's like, okay, like we need, there, you know, like, I mean, this is what, like the Black Lives Matter and everything that's happened, you know, it's young people led, right? These are young people who went into the streets and like, you know, took it upon themselves to advocate for George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and everybody else who has been, you know, killed by law enforcement. And this is young people, you know? So it's like, it's like they're saying like they're fed up, right? And what now, you know? <laughs> but uh, I appreciate what he shared because like sometimes I didn't know that, you know, I didn't, if he didn't tell me that, then I would still think in my mind that, oh no, we're doing everything we can, you know, so. That that's a pretty impactful conversation, you know, and it just it puts you to think. It really does, you know, because <clears throat> it's just you know for somebody to tell you like you've been organizing and yet things hasn't haven't changed. Like that that's a that's a reflection moment, you know that that's a moment where. Sure, like you think you look back at everything you did and it's just like did I really do everything you know like you mentioned and <clears throat> I don't know for me it's I haven't organized in years 
I want to say that it's been, it's about to be three years, if not a little more, you know, and it's just, I'm not ready to go back. You know, I really am not, you know, during the protest, <clears throat> I thought about it. Let me go, sh- let me show up, right? Let me show up. Let me, let me, you know, just scream it out to the world, you know, that I'm not happy, that I'm not satisfied with the decisions, you know, that are taking place, but it's like, I'm not ready, you know? And, and it's like, I can't advocate for the community if I'm not a hundred percent, you know, I can't show up for you if, if I'm not doing well, right. Or, or if, you know, there's things that I got to take care of home and, and I get it. Everybody does. Right. But I think this time around, it's like, we're all in a pandemic and it's like, we got to figure out how do we do it? Right. How do we, how do we voice our concerns? How do we, how do we just scream it to the world, you know, that we want change while also taking care of the family, right? And it's just like, th- this is why to me, it's like, it's important, you know, to have that conversation with yourself, right? And, you know, I'm, shit, I'm about to be 30, you know, but maybe my my earlier years were my best years, you know, and I did everything that I can to help out youth apply to college, Right. And submit their FAFSAs and their Dream Acts, you know, and take them to the college that they had to be for an interview. Right. Maybe those were my best years right? where I was able to do that and support them in that way. Right. And maybe now it's time for me to to find folks who would want to learn something from me. Right. And for me to say, okay, let me let me show you what I did. Right. And let me share what I did. And if it works for you, cool. And if it doesn't, let's tweak it around and make it work. Right. So that way you can have a better outcome than what I did. Right. And, but yeah, no, I think organizing and and even with family, getting family to do, to get out of their comfort zone, you know, and, and break those dynamics is challenging sometimes, you know, um, some people might not want to go to college. Right. Some people might not want to pursue a similar path as, as we all did, you know, but it's like, I think at some point it's like, cool, then, then how do I help you? Right. But I think it's that fear of like, let me get out of my comfort zone and challenge these power dynamics that are at home. Right. And I've seen it with my kids, you know, when I help them out, it's like my, las mujeres, right. Like they have a hard time going to college because mom and dad don't want her to go, right? They don't want her to go to a school that's two hours away, right? So imagine someone who has to go eight hours away. It's challenging, right? So it's those power dynamics at home, también, that you got to challenge and be like, hey, you know what? This is this is the best thing for me, right? So it's like kind of just helping them advocate and and roll it all out. And be like, hey, you know what? You got to show your parents that you're prepared. You got to show your parents that you're going to have money for school, that you're going to have money for room and board, that you won't go hungry, right? So it's like, it's all those things. I, I don't know. I think it's, again, it's interesting to see how it all plays out, you know, in every part of our lives. So. Yeah. And like you said, challenge, challenge gender roles, right? The reason why mom and dad don't let her 
go to college porque she has to stay home and take care of the family and like you know and get a husband and marry and start a family at 17 or as soon as she graduates high school right but but it's okay if like the brother can spend 20 years exploring his dreams right that's perfectly okay that's that's the that's the stuff that we got to change you know and and it's just like doesn't roll that way no more right i think as as us you know who are a little bit more aware you know of 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 the shift that's going on and and you know we're challenging these things ourselves is like nah not gonna happen right and how we present it to people i think that's that's the important piece you know you as as an educator susie and and right it's just how do you how do you present it right how do you teach your kids to advocate and say hey tell you you know you got to show your parents that you're responsible enough right and even then it's just like challenge it because it's not right and that's it so yeah and then touching upon that that idea that there's a certain there's a certain role that a uh, woman or man should uh, when they, before going like to school like their parents tell them oh no go to, go work what do you, why are you going to waste your time studying reading you know when you can be making money now you know that's that's um that's one thing i i remember seeing when when i was um in high school and then also too that like they would want the daughter for um to stay home and take care of um their younger brother or sister because their parents were out at work you know so it's one of those things where like in that moment maybe that maybe that the family might be going through something so it's like they they you know they have to respond you know they're a family so they have to support each other you know and then it's it's all right for those to not go immediately to school you know it's just like one of those things where it's okay if you went to school let's say three late three years later after high school you don't have to go directly after high school you know that's that's the idea that would be the perfect way to do it but it's just in that moment when they're in high school it's like you don't know what kind of things are going going through everyone's everyone's going through different things so it's like you know it's it's just in the in that moment um so many things are thrown at you so it's like you want to but this is the now but you can eventually get there not saying you never will it's it's uh it's just interesting and it's mind-blowing you know like the thing different things the different life experiences people go through in just from growing up to like when they're 20 so many things happen to different people and it's just very interesting to see how everyone's shaped and what values they carry at that age Mm-hmm. And not even, yeah, I think, you you know, you just mentioned, like, people go through so many things, you know, and acknowledge and acknowledge that sometimes that is called trauma, right? Some of us are, are you know, our, our experiences led to us, you know, either dismissing or like trying to hide something that happened, you know, and that trauma just keeps on coming up. And I feel like, like you mentioned Leo earlier in the podcast, like in the talk, like you were saying, you know, that's why certain people, you know, are more willing to be vocal. Other people are more willing to, like, just listen and observe, you know. So I think when sometimes we don't acknowledge our trauma and we don't, you know, kind of explore that, then I think that's why, like, some of us have a more, some people have, like, a, you know, more of a challenge to, like, advocating for themselves or more of a challenge to, like, self-reflect, you know or more of a challenge to like collaborate with other people or more of a challenge to like ask for help. 
right? Because of trauma that we have not addressed. Yeah, and it's like one of those where it's like you hear from higher up, they say, oh, everyone can do it as long as you put your mind to it. No, like <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in the moment, you don't know what everyone's going through, you know? No one has the same resources other people do, you know? So when there's no support, you have to fend for yourself. You have to survive, you know? That's that's basically what it feels like at times where you, you're just like, oh, here you go. Good luck. So it's it's even like right now, like like there's some people who who aren't employed, you know, they they lost their job or their work isn't coming in as as it used to be. But when there's no support, it's like, you know, you, you people some people lose their mind. People, um, you know, because they lose everything. If they lose, they can't pay they can't pay bills. So that everything is papers are coming up and everything. It's like that stress again, like you said, that trauma. Perfect word to say it. Um, it's 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 a lot of things that I feel like have sh- that shape people, and then if they and then on top of all this stuff that like bills, and then let's say one family member gets sick, so then it's like it's just it's all in your head, and then you know you just can't find, let's say like you no pueden encontrar la puerta, you know it's you can't find an exit. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy because today actually today, um, this morning. I actually, I've been doing this lesson with my students, uh, my advisory students about, you know, because a lot of them share that they're feeling stressed, right? So these are eighth graders doing distance learning, and they're sharing that they're really, really stressed out, and they are dealing with a lot of anxiety. And we talked about, you know, just how our brain is works when we're under stress, and how some of us will either fight, others will flight, or others would freeze. And when I asked them, like, which one are you? Which category do you fall into? And all these eighth graders, like, majority of them were, like, freeze. You know, I would just close the laptop and go to sleep. And then wake up the next day and see that there's 20 missing assignments that I have to do. And that anxiety just picks up. You know, so, David, you asked, like, how do we teach our young people to advocate? I think one is to, like, definitely provide them the tools, you know, like, the curriculum that a lot of us were exposed to, you know, I think the three of us shared earlier in our first podcast that we didn't learn about ourselves until we got to higher ed. We didn't learn about trauma until we didn't learn we were hurting until higher ed. (laughs) No, I didn't learn I was hurting or that my family was like poor or that, you know, I didn't learn all that until we had to like reflect about our experiences and, and like, and then we started learning like vocabulary that named our oppression, you know, um, but I think that's step one. But I think step two, um, I think, you know, young people are very observant. And I know if you work with kids, you know, this is true, right? Young people are very observant. They mimic what they see adults do, you know? And I this is something that I've constantly, you know, at work, I'm always advocating because like we're advocating, for example, we're advocating how to use restorative language with our students, right? But if like teachers are cussing themselves each other out, or if teachers are being disrespectful in front of kids, or if teachers are like not even acknowledging other teachers as they're walking by in front of students, like how are we supposed to teach young people how to be restorative or how to build relationships from within themselves if teachers can't even model that? You know, so I think again, they are very observant to what we do. So they will pick up who has beef with who. They will pick up who is the one that's like, oh, if I tell this person 
good things or compliments or whatever, then they'll leave me alone. And I think, Susie, you you nailed it when you when you said you got to open up the space for them to give you feedback. You know, and I I get it. You know, kids right now are being bombarded with all these assignments, right? And the best that we can probably do is take a step back and let the kids, you know, process everything that's going on because none of this shit is normal. You know, we're all, we're all work. We, we're not, we're working from home because we have to, not because we want to. They're learning from home because they have to, tambien, you know? So it's like, I, I can't even imagine being my me, you know, at eighth grade or or in my senior year, having to do all this work remotely, you know, and then assignment after assignment after assignment after assignment, and my my teacher not giving me a break, or not putting himself or herself in my shoes, you know, and I think you know when you mentioned you gotta let them give you feedback on the curriculum, right. Apply that to every everything else. Let people give you feedback. <clears throat> Let people give you feedback in the classroom on, on how you can best support them. And I guarantee you that things are going to get a little bit better. Let, let family members give you feedback on how do you support them the best and things are, the relationships are going to strengthen up, right? Let upcoming leaders, activists, right, let them come into the space and give yourself give that give them that feedback right or let them give you feedback on on how to improve something and things are going to get better and i think that that's the key right there allowing people to have the space to speak to talk freely without consequences at work at home you know in your organizing space in your relationship and things are definitely going to get better you know but it seems like, you know, there's still a lot of work to do and y'all are right. There's a lot of trauma that we're all carrying, you know, there's a lot of things that we realize realizing there's a lot of, you know, realization on how all these systems are affecting us on a day-to-day basis and how incompetent people like number 45, you know, how people like him can just ruin our lives, you know? And it's just, it's so much to process. It's so much to process. And I think, you know, I have a lot of faith in this new generation of folks, these youngsters who are organizing, who are advocating, you know. And I know that if we give them the tools and the resources and the space to organize, then they're going to make the changes that we weren't able to make, right? And I I truly, truly believe that. And I truly believe on, on this new generation of leadership that's coming up, so. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a hard position when I can only imagine how, you know, the students can't collaborate with each other physically. Let's say there is a special activity that was that was um, for improving their social skills or improving scenarios that maybe the teacher might provide. You know, it's not the same talking over like talking over like a Zoom meeting or something. It's not there's no activities. I forgot what the word is for the activities right now at the moment but 
there's like special events that used to there's field trips that people used to take to to learn hands-on like these these things that we talked about in the classroom you know and then there's like spe there's special events that take place and let's say middle school high school even at even at colleges and all that you know there's no more of that communication and physical form um, between those activities that people even even the satisfaction of graduation you know how good does that feel to walk up onto that stage and and be in front of all your family members you know like i can only remember like how good that felt like you know i'm, I'm showing my parents i i accomplished this so it's it's not the same when it's just like oh we're gonna call your name over a zoom meeting <laughs> you know and then we're gonna send you the little piece of paper through via mail. Yeah, I mean you do receive it via mail even even from you know, when it was still walking on stage, but it's not the same feeling. Yeah, and I think um, just like bringing it back to like you know you mentioned our our guiding question was how has power dynamics played a role in professional and personal life? You know, I think just kind of what we all kind of you know just talked about power can be challenged you know power can be challenged um whether that's number 45 like david you called whether it's like doctors who are allowing innocent people black women being killed you know die because of birth whether that it's our my district leaders you know my the ceos of our district or or whether that's teachers and that that you know power that they have right i think you know just it can be challenged, all of it. And I think we're just taught that we just have to be quiet, put our head down, and continue walking. Aunque nos chinguen, you know? Like, and I'll, I'll do that with, you know, I'll be respectful of my family, you know, my mom, my dad. Like, they're scary to me. You know, they're more scary than 45 to me. You know, I'm like 28 years old, and I'm still <laughs> have a hard time saying no to them. You know, but professionally, nope, sorry, you can't do that, you know? <laughs> so it's it's a trip, but yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I can also point out, like, those people facing trauma as far as a certain situation, they're afraid, sometimes they're afraid to speak out just because they don't want to relive that situation again. So in, in itself, it's a, it's a tough thing to process. You know, it takes time, and it's not going to be like, oh, I'm going to change from tomorrow Tomorrow morning, I'm going to be different. No, it's it's lives with you now. You know, it's in your head. And it's okay to take a moment every now and then within the day and just reflect. You know, because that's your own sanity at that, when you're going through all your work days. So for all that, for everyone listening, you know, if you work your five days a week, six days a week, you know, try to take that time aside, let's say at night or something, reflect on what you did during the day and just pause, meditate for a little bit even. You know, it's it's good to take that little 30 minutes or even just like a one minute breather on your break or something. You know, it's 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 your life out here, you know, because, you know, you could, you value your work, you know. You, but then what, what good does it do you if you're not if you can't if you can't do it anymore because you, you became ill. So definitely taking taking the time for yourself is more important. Definitely, definitely. Cash in those sick days, cash in that vacation time. You know, it's self care is important. Self care is important. You know, it's and it's part of the process of challenging power dynamics. 
you know, I, I, I really do believe it's part of the process, you know, to, to make things better, not just for yourself, right? Which is, should be the primary point, I believe, right? But also for people around you, people who you work with, people who you work for, right? And then when I say for, it's like, it could be your students, it could be a client, right? Um, you don't know, not necessarily for the big guy, right? Um, but, you know, for yourself primarily, because you want to be in that mm-hmm. space where it's like, you're, you're able to do what you love to do, right? So just, I don't know, power dynamics is, is a whole trip from, you know, at home, having to deal with it at home, to being out there in the community organizing to politics. It's, it's just, it's messy, it's complicated. Um, and not everybody wants to talk about it and, and do something about it. But, you know, I think doing it for yourself at the beginning is a good start. You know, doing it for yourself at the beginning and then moving on, like you said, Susie, having these conversations with your family, with your siblings, right? And and making sure that your circle, your inner circle is doing better, right? Because that's what you want. You want them to do better for themselves. So it's a trip, folks. It's a trip. Yeah. You know, like even though this is, we've been in this whole thing for like since March or so, it it feels like just last month we were still we were just cutting into this. You know, it's been so long, but uh, just learning about the space around you in that moment, and thinking of how I can better myself. Like you said, David, better version of myself. You know, try to do things a little bit different. Try to um, uplift your own spirit. Mm-hmm. I don't know where um, where I heard of this from, but I it was uh, just doing things out of love, right? Doing things out of love, you know, holding someone accountable out of love, you know, saying no out of love, you know, um, taking on responsibilities, you know, again out of love, respecting yourself, everything, you know, centered around that. I know someone one time, one time, like you know, was saying, well, you can't and. You know, you can't end like police brutality out of love. And I was like, yes, definitely. That's a whole different, you know, thing. But again, just like it starts, like you said, David, it starts home, right? It starts with us, right? It starts in acknowledging our trauma and like how how do we need to like love ourselves, you know, and practice that self-care that you both are talking about. Because yes, this work is needs to be sustainable, right? It needs to be sustainable so we can see some changes, and not like see less people being burned out, you know. So to not end in a in a uh, such a gloomy vibe here. So let's end on a perfect note and let's do a challenge for better version of ourselves. Let's end on that note with one challenge that we would say to do for everyone for everyone who's listening is find out how to better your week. So let's say you've had a tough week. Six days a week, you've been working nine to five, let's say. Try to meditate or just catch yourself and let's say put, put time in for yourself. That's one thing I would challenge for everyone here listening. And I'll hold myself accountable for that too, you know, because I find myself sometimes getting angry over that I have to work again tomorrow. I have to wake up early again. So let's, let's try to, let's try to look at it a different route and not so in in, in, I try to look at a different route and try not to impose so much hate into what we do 
you know, because we're fortunate to be have a job at the moment. I think my challenge for me, I'm a very yes person. So I need to say no a couple of times this upcoming week so I can take care of myself. David. <laughs> I'm trying to think of I'm I'm trying to think of a challenge. Um I would say another thing, another one that you can you can put out for people is you know go on a go on a walk or go on a hike go to the beach or something you know take us take an hour of your day if possible of course you know because everyone's situation is different but you know just take take that hour or so to try to get try to get yourself away from the current situation you're at and just live in that moment meditate again like i was saying before and try to be at peace you know with yourself because you need to uplift your own your own self-being folks I think the colleagues have given you some great examples, right, on how to take care of yourself. What about you, David? Talking about leadership, talking about leadership, right, and how we need to hold each other accountable. You know, you can't get away with with like not practicing self care, David. <laughs> um, <laughs> self love, self love. Um. I'm going to take the time for myself. I'm going to get away from the weekend. Like I know I I have some personal things that I need to take care of on Monday, right? Um but this weekend this weekend is going to be for me. So I'm I'm going to do that. Um in mind that I you know I still got to do take care of some challenging things, but this weekend is for me. Um so folks, you got a couple challenges. Take a weekend for you. Go out on a walk. Go out on a hike. Say no to people, right? Do it for yourself. Um, if you go out on a hike, if you go to the beach, you know, again, being safe, self-distance, wearing your mask, go ahead and tag us. Tag Cafecito Con Conciencia. Use a hashtag. Let us know what you're doing, right? Show some love, right? We want to make sure that you're doing well. We want to make sure that you're feeling better and... You know, just go out there, enjoy a breather, and we'll be back again next time. So thank you all for joining again, for listening to us. And maybe one day you are going to see how we get started with, you know, people laughing at me for having bad Wi-Fi and, you know, just laughing too much. But anyways, thank you all for joining me. And my folks, my colleagues here. So peace out, take care, and we'll see you again next week. Mm-hmm.